coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. This is the award-winning Parareality Radio. My name's Sandman, and myself, along with Eric P. over here, are going to be your host for the next hour. Good evening, everybody, and thanks for tuning in tonight. Well, it's Friday, November 15th, 2019, and that means that it's time for another episode of your favorite paranormal podcast, Parareality Radio. Of course, Eric P. is back in the house. Welcome back, Eric. What's going on, Sam? Man, good to see you. Hey, man, what you been up to? Man, just working, um, playing some soccer. Uh, won uh, won uh, an adult league championship the other weekend. Sweet. Yeah, that was fun. Did you make 66. any money? Um, no, no. But actually, this upcoming week they're treating us to dinner. So I that's, guess that's good. Surprise, that's good. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, welcome back into the studio, Eric. Thank you. All right. Well, hey, uh, everybody. We're going to be talking about just one of the most weird and bizarre topics um, that I've run across in a long time. We're going to be discussing the Solomon Island Giants. And now the Solomon Islands are, it's a sovereign island chain in Oceania, east of Papua New Guinea, consisting of close to a thousand islands. And size-wise, it's probably about the same size as the state of Maryland. The Solomon Islands are believed to have been inhabited by the Malaysian people for thousands of years. And uh, Spanish navigator Alvaro de Mandera discovered the islands in 1568 and named them Isla Solomon or Solomon Islands. And the United Kingdom established a protectorate over the Solomon Islands in 1893. In the Second World War, there was a lot of fighting between the Americans and the Japanese in that area. And uh, there was actually a campaign from 1942 to 45, which included the Battle of Guadalcanal. And that's probably the name that most Americans are familiar with because the Guadalcanal is actually one of the Solomon Islands. Now, it's long been told by the native islanders that there are giants on the islands, ranging in size from 10 feet to 15 feet tall. They have very long black, brown, or reddish hair, protruding double eyebrows and bulging red eyeballs, flat noses, wide gaping mouths, kind of Neanderthal, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, all rolled into one kind of looking creatures. They're also rumored to be highly intelligent. They have a chosen leader who put an end to the uh, eating of the islanders that happened in the past because they are also rumored to have a violent side to them that included eating the islanders. And their leader said, we're not going to eat you guys anymore and uh, put an end to it. And they're also rumored to have a vast underground cave system underneath the islands that has some sort of mysterious lighting system. I mean, it's just really weird and and bizarre. There's a whole lot more to it that we're going to get into beyond just that. So, you know, is this really all true? Are there really 10 to 15 foot tall giants living underneath the Solomon Island chain? And if so, are they really intelligent creatures? Are they violent? Are they cannibalistic? Are they all three rolled into one? Are they even of this planet? Are they from somewhere else? Well, that's what Eric and I are going to be investigating tonight. And uh, 
a little bit more than that here on this episode of Parareality Radio. So to learn more, you're going to have to turn on, tune in, and find out. But before we get started, let me tell you how you can get in contact with us because there are a few different ways that you can go about doing it. First of all, you can always go to the show website, parareality.com, or you can just send me an email directly. That's sandman at parareality. That's sandman at parareality. Or you can visit the Parareality Radio Facebook page just by going to Parareality Radio on Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter at Radio. And finally, you can call the studio line, 615-692-1170, and leave me a message. Just be aware that I may play your comment back on the show. If you don't want me to do that, you need to tell me in your message. Simply by leaving me a message is uh, giving me permission to play your comment back on the show. And uh, you can always get in touch with Eric on Twitter. And that's at World We Live In Pod. World the, We Live Pod. World We Live Pod. I was so close. So close. So <laughs> close. Uh, so those are all the ways you can get in touch with us. Uh, world We Live In, or excuse me, World We Live Pod on Twitter for Eric. Or you can get in touch with me at Parareal Radio on Twitter. Call the studio line, 615-692-1170. Leave us a message. Or just email Sandman at Parareality. So those are the, all the ways you can get in touch with me and Eric here on Parareality Radio. And time to do a fan mail, Eric. Oh, perfect. Um, so I have a couple oh, nice. that I'm going to do. Yeah. So um, this one, I cannot remember who sent this to me. I can't remember if this was a Facebook post or tweet or an email. I've looked back through everything and I can't find this. And I, I, I could be making up too, but I swear to God, someone sent me something that asked me if Graceland had ever had a paranormal investigation. I saw you tweet that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the answer to the short answer to that is no. Mm-hmm. No. Um, so wh- whoever asked me that, number one, I'm sorry I forgot to uh, answer your question earlier. And I'm also double sorry that I, I can't remember who you are. Um, but no, there uh, has never been a paranormal investigation um, at Graceland. And according to Priscilla Presley, there never will be. She's not down for that. She doesn't want to take Graceland in that direction. Uh, I, I I can't say that I blame her too much. I don't think that Graceland needs any help with publicity. Um, I've been there once, and they've got it going on, man. They do. I mean, uh, the, the visitor center and the... Elvis Presley Museum and all that stuff across the street, mm-hmm. and then then uh, that's that was more interesting to me actually than Graceland itself. I mean, but trust me, they don't they don't need any help to draw visitors to them. Um, maybe that may change in the future, but as of right now, they have no plans, and and Priscilla is definitely not down for something like that. And uh, the other question. Uh, that I had was, uh, this kind of, um, pops up in relation regards to that last, um, fan mail I had where the guy was like, um, you know, you make smacking noises and stuff sometimes in your your microphone. Someone asked me what microphones do I use? And I kind of answered that. And in that I, I here on Parareality, I use exclusively blue microphones and, uh, I'm using right now a uh, blue Yeti. 
Um, Eric's microphone that he's using is also a blue microphone. It's a blue spark. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are great microphones. They're great for podcasting and recording. Um, the problem with blue microphones is the sensitivity on these things is just so, I mean, it's so great. And we've had, if you have listened to the show, you probably noticed every once in a while we get bleed back and forth through each other's microphones sometime because of the sensitivity. And we're, we're trying to, 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 um, work these things out and not have to buy new microphones here because those can get to be expensive. But I, I've got kind of like a, a microphone fetish when it comes to blue microphones. I've got two Yetis. I've got a Yeti pro. I've got the spark that Eric is using and I've got the blue ember, which I use uh, for my home uh, podcasting whenever I do uh, the podcast from my dining room. And we've tried several different setups. I've had, had Eric use a Yeti I've had him use the Ember, and we've had him use the Spark, and we seem to do better uh, when there's two of us here in the studio. We seem to do better with him using the Spark and me using my Yeti um, for with any other microphone. So that's kind of the setup that, that I have. And, Eric, what do you use with your podcast setup in World We Live In podcast? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I use an Audio-Technica, which um, I also have an Audio-Technica um, turntable. So they, they make a lot of good stuff. Uh, I think it's a U.S. company, but I'm not 100% sure. Now, is this um, USB? USB-based, yep, Audio-Technica, yep. So mine's a variety. Um, I the, the Yeti Pro can be either uh, XLR or USB. Uh, this Yeti that I have here, this is what I'm speaking through right now is um, the Yeti Blackout. And it's part of the their podcaster package. And I didn't need this microphone, but I needed a new boom arm. And they sold this podcast package, which came with a Yeti blackout and and a, a boom arm and and the stabilizer and everything. And it was only just it was just a little bit more for this than it was to to buy the boom arm. So I'm like, shit, I gotta buy it. Might as well. Yeah, might as well get it. So. Uh, I had two of two of my all of my my Yetis, my three Yetis are USB capable. Two of them, this one here, the blackout, and the original Yeti that I have are USB only. The Pro XLR USB. The Spark that you're using is uh it's a XLR, but uh we have USB imports for it or uh, ports for it, and then my Ember is uh a USB. No, no, it's an XLR. Just got it confused there. So <laughs> those are all the different setups that, that I have. Um, the Audio-Technica um, is a cool little mic. I like the I mean, yeah, it's compact. It's, it's really like nice. It. Um, I've seen a couple other podcasters uh, use it. Um, but yeah, mine's got a little tripod, and it just sits on my desk. And um, you talk into one side of it. It doesn't. I don't believe it has any like settings because I know that the one that you're using, I think, can be like multi-directional and all that jazz. Yeah, you can. This thing can record the whole room. It is is bi-directional yeah. or it's unidirectional. It's got. I mean, you can do you can do it all with this. Yeah. That's what I like about the 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 Yetis for sure. Specifically set up for that. 
Um, so Yeti is, um, depending on if you want to go pro or if you just want to get a USB, it's, I say for the money, it's just, uh, these are about $130 or so for, um, the Yetis, uh, the sparks, depending on if you want to get an XLR USB, it goes up and the, the Ember, which is the, one of the newest for, um, blue microphones it's a strictly xlr it's a hundred bucks and it is a great microphone but it's just unidirectional so mm. how, how about your audio technica is it is it like a good introductory it is yeah it was very similar i think it was like 129 119 something like that so yeah that's not bad yeah i like your little audio technica yeah it's it's solid for what i do my little bedroom studio <laughs> yeah well all right well uh thank you guys for uh, asking those questions and uh we've wasted enough time now let's let's get into talking about these let's solomon island giants now this was actually um suggested to us by a listener uh i think his name is mike um his email address is some weird friday vocal some something like that and he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna send me a facebook message and laugh at me for slaughtering that again um but yeah, so this was uh, a suggestion by one of our our listeners, and um, Eric was like, "Man, let's do it." Yeah. So I'm like, "Okay, let's do it, Eric." So I'm gonna let Eric. Uh, <laughs> basically, he's gonna host the show. I'm just gonna be the co-host tonight. And man, I gotta say, Eric, this is one of the most bizarre things that I have investigated in a long time. This has almost everything in it. Especially if you're a conspiracy theorist, man, this one's great. Yeah, this one, this one has it all. Um, yeah, huge thank you to Mike. Uh, yeah, for suggesting this. Um, and what's interesting is um, I had just done an episode about some weird um, happenings in um, Afghanistan and Iraq during uh, the war there. Um, and one of those events concerned a supposed encounter that an army unit, I believe it was a special forces unit, had with a supposedly like red-haired giant humanoid that they supposedly killed. And it was like a 30-second engagement. It, was, it all happened really fast, according to this account. And But then... Um, when I was thinking about that, I remembered that the listener had um, suggested this, and I was like, that would be a perfect transition to do the next story on. Yeah, um, I heard your episode, yeah. man. That was that was freaky. Those are some weird accounts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very weird accounts. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to uh, know more. Yeah. Those, you know I would, saying? too. Um yeah, the only the only just this little side note, and then we can. But the only issue with some of those is they were kind of they were some of them were short and they didn't really give any reference as to who actually was reporting. So, but you got you got to take what you can get, and uh, yeah, especially yeah. when you're doing stuff like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so having said that, um, these uh, Solomon Island giants as um, Sandman described um, similar in look to Sasquatch. Um, uh, 
varying in heights um, between 10 to 15 feet. Um, yeah, the, the, the initial part that I found interesting was these massive cave systems that supposedly run throughout this Guadalcanal um, island. And apparently one of the uh, one of the mountains on the island is an entrance to an underground city. I read as well, and you've mentioned the lightning, the lighting system that supposedly exists. Which, um, yeah, when you think about that, that's that's just kind of baffling. Uh, the idea of like an underground civilization living living underneath uh, humans. But the other thing that um, I did come across before we get into some of the accounts was um, there are supposedly three like types of these of the giants so there's the really tall 10 to 15 foot humanoids uh that have like the massive strength can like lift cars rocks all this insane physical ability um and then it just kind of drops down to where you get like almost like a like a large human um but still with like the um kind of enhanced physical features that one would see of like a Sasquatch and whatnot. Um, and then it almost gets into like a wild man, a very, like a smaller version, uh, sort of like a wild man. Yeah, those are supposed to be the most violent ones, right? Yeah. The, the smaller ones are more violent. Go figure. Yeah, I know, right? Um, well, you know, you think like the, the, the larger ones could probably like throw you across a, and just kill you instantly. The other ones have to like fight for it. Um, but yeah, so, um, just the stories I have are just about the larger sightings, but, um, just, I guess there's either some sort of hierarchy or something. Um, yeah, and the, the smaller ones that the smaller you get, the less hairy you get too, yes, right? Yes. Yeah, the less weird. Yeah. The less hairy. And it seemed to me more of just like a person who just kind of like lived off the grid and just but like is just like a wild man um and i'll mention something in a few minutes uh, a documentary i was watching that kind of relates to this but um yeah let's get into some of these stories so the initial story i have is um concerning a gold mining operation that was clearing some land um to start and they were in central north guadalcanal and yeah, so supposedly there's like this region where the locals say the giants live. And I, from what I understood, it was more in the central part of the island. Yeah. 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 That's the same thing that I've. Okay, cool. Yeah. And yeah, so they were clearing these, um, they were clearing like a path to start their operation. And um, one of the bulldozer blades kind of broke down and it was rendered useless and it was nearing the end of the day so these guys were like yeah we'll just leave it here overnight and so they took the bulldozer without the blade back to their I guess staging area they return the next morning and they find these three foot footprints which is massive I mean our our feet bigger are, than my foot. Yeah, yeah, definitely bigger than my foot. Yeah, our feet are like I mean barely even a foot. So um, so yeah, they found these massive footprints close by. Um, 
and they located this broken down blade a hundred meters away from the supposed site of where it broke down. And the conclusion that these workers came to is that something had moved it, and they said that it was most likely thrown. So, if you've ever seen a bulldozer blade, it's just a giant hunk of metal, and I don't even think a group of ten men could move it with their hands. No, no. Uh, the, depending on, you know, they're different size bulldozers, obviously, but, I mean, if you're going to be bulldozing in the jungle, you'd think that it's probably a pretty big Big bulldozer, old bulldozer. But it doesn't matter how, how big it is. One man, or even two, not going to get it done. No. You're not, you're not going to tote it away, and you're definitely not going to throw it any distance. Oh, like, no way. At all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, that, yeah, they, they came to the conclusion that it had been, uh, been moved, which begs the question, what moved it? Yeah. Yeah. Or who? Or who. Yes, exactly. Um, so, the next, um, the next account um, is actually an interesting account because it includes some government officials and so uh did you did you get a lot of your information from um this guy named marius that is where the majority of the information about the solomon island the solomon island giants come from is this one source this uh uh let's see marius boranayu or an hour-y? Yeah, something like that. Something like that, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so this guy apparently is a helicopter pilot and lived on the islands for a long time, married a native islander, and that's where he first learned about the giants. Mm-hmm. It was actually from his wife, and then he got interested in them and started researching and interviewing people and wrote a book. Uh, you find it on Amazon called mysterious solomon islands yep yeah so uh, the majority of of the information out there and you did the same research i did the majority of the information out there comes from this dude and his book yeah exactly um and so he uh this story concerns him and so he was he was watching over some spare parts for an american helicopter pilot that i guess was out of the country at this point and um, his office where he was doing this was just across um, the way from the Guadalcanal Provincial Headquarters. And he would travel across the street sometimes to have lunch um, and grab a couple beers with what was then the premier and the finance minister. And they told him of a story where they had taken a trip up to one of these gold mines again. So I think there's another interesting point that um, these raw materials are associated with where these giants live. I don't know if there's some connection. That's interesting because I hadn't thought about that until right now until you brought it up. That could be. It could be, yeah. Maybe they're using the raw materials for themselves for something. Yeah, something. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting theory. Okay. I didn't come across that in the reading, but just an interesting thought. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they they went up to one of these gold mines again, and um, they were in a twin cab Toyota Hilux, which is a um, Toyota pickup truck. And 
apparently it had just rained and their Toyota got stuck in the mud and they had just passed a village, I guess that was, uh, just back up the road. And so when their truck got stuck, they went back and grabbed some men to come back and help them move the truck, uh, out of the mud so they could continue, uh, their journey. Um, however, when they were making their way back, they had to stop because they apparently saw two giants moving this car back onto the road. Now, the thing I like about this story great. Is, great that, story is that these giants are just helping some dudes out. <laughs> they are helping them get the car back on the road so they can keep going. So it's not definitely... Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to eat you. I'm just going to put your car back on yeah, the road. Just, Look at this little piece of shit pickup truck. I'm just going to pick it up. I'm going to move it back here on the road. That's great. Yeah, exactly. So that, that, that's a cool part of the story. But yeah, apparently when they saw uh, the Giants, they just kind of booked it back. And about 30 minutes later, they got the courage to go back to the truck and it was moved on the road. So no no damage to the truck. I mean, it was they no, just yeah. like moved it back. They just had placed it back on the road. That's man. I mean, yeah, that's, that's that's not the same type of behavior that you get from the American Sasquatch, you know, because uh, the American Sasquatch doesn't help people out by doing anything. He like throws rocks and stuff and beats their cars up. So, yeah, um, the interesting part about I feel like that encounter is there's like a intelligent consciousness about what they're doing um i mean i feel like yeah i feel like a lot of yeah. sasquatch encounters i've heard is like they see a truck like they're either gonna like hit it well, or, yeah if, if and if these creatures have are living in vast cave systems underneath mm-hmm. the island and they have this lighting system of unknown source they can't be stupid no yeah you know? Has so. to be, yeah, you're right. There has to be some intelligence. Um, also, I guess the, the the wherewithal to know that the car needs to be on the road. I don't know. I'm just kind of like that. Um, yeah, good point. Yeah. So this next story starts to get a little strange. Um, <laughs> this is a story of um, a woman who was supposedly kidnapped by the Giants. Is this the mango story? This is the mango story. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is very strange. I love the mango story. Yeah. Uh, So she was supposedly kidnapped by these giants. Um, She spent 25 years with them. Um, Individuals close to her had assumed that she was dead um, until she was found pregnant, wandering aimlessly through a garden on the northeast coast. Um. They said her skin was slimy and you couldn't even grab her. They had to get these like rough leaves apparently and like grab her with the leaves so that the leaves would provide some sort of traction. Um, when they, I guess, got her back to safety and all that, she was mentally unstable for the rest of her life. And she gave birth to a half-bred, giant half-bred human boy who lived, and this is kind of a gruesome part. Uh, I, I love that. Giant half-bred human boy. I know. Yes. <laughs> we got to get shirts made up for that, 
And he lived till he was five. Um, unfortunately, he was killed by one of her brothers, apparently. Yeah, I I was fascinated by this story when I when I read it. Um, first of all, it brought back memories of uh, Saturday Night Live. Ah, uh, <laughs> Mango. Yeah, I mean that. I wonder if that had anything to do with the inspiration for that bit. Wow, that's it's interesting. <laughs> it's possible. Probably not, but. Uh, so yeah, so um, like I said, I, when I we did the same research, and when I ran across this story, it it fascinated me, in the fact that, um, number one, they just automatically assumed that she was kidnapped. She just she just disappeared one day, so they don't. You know, how do you associate? Yeah, yeah. How, do, how do you associate? Well, Mango has disappeared, so she had to been kidnapped by the Giants. I don't, you know. But anyway, they they do have a history of being violent towards the Islanders, and according to the oral history, they used to eat them. So I guess it it kind of it kind of makes sense. But then you have this woman who was missing for 25 years who mysteriously shows up, and she is freaking insane. And I guess if she had been held against her will for 25 years and, uh, for lack of a better word, raped and sexually yeah. abused, maybe she was a sex slave or something. I, I you know, don't know. Um, but where does the slime come in and what there's no explanation for what the slime is why was she so slimy how did she get that way that's what really uh, above everything else i know i know it's weird but that's what fascinates me is what the what the f with the slime where does this come from are these giants slimy i don't know yeah i mean that 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 is the uh, that's a tough part with these secondhand accounts is um, a lot of the detail either is lost or they don't explain. But my yeah, my only if you go with the path that she was abducted by these giants, my only guess is that they uh, maybe their form of cleanliness is not showering. It's some sort of I don't know, natural, if you will, remedy, and that they had done the same thing to her, or... That actually makes sense, especially if they're covered with fur. Maybe they put some sort of weird... Matting? I don't know. Some sort of thing to mat down? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's really weird. And you brought up a good point. This is a second-hand account, and you really cannot find any first-hand accounts of any of this. Like I said, 94 Eight percent of the information that's available out there is from this one dude. Yeah. So, and look, I, I, I'm sure you came across some the same um, books and references and websites and stuff that I did when we were putting the show together. And some of the stuff this guy is writing about, even for me. And, you know, some some of my beliefs can be considered pretty far out there, you know. But even for me, I'm looking at the guy. Was this guy, like, on LSD when he was on the island? I, I mean, because you know, we're talking about cannibals. Or, first of all, we're talking about giants that 
kind of look like Neanderthals that are varying sizes, varying intelligence levels, varying violent levels, or, you know, with underground cities and, and lights that you don't know where the source comes from. And now you've got some of them eat people and some of them help people. And some people get kidnapped and used for breeding stock. And then at some point in there, and we're going to talk about this, I'm, I know later on at the end of the show, but at some point in there, UFOs come into play. And I'm like, this is just all over the place. That's I said at the top of the shows is one of the most bizarre things that I think I've ever investigated. And I want us to save the UFO for the second half here. So, uh, yeah, but this whole thing is so bizarre. But if this guy is just recounting tales that, that he heard, then, you know, where does the UFO thing come in? Because this is his own, I don't know. It's, Anyway, I'm I'm getting ahead of, yeah, yeah. of of everything. So anyway, can continue. So we have Mango who she died, right? She did pass away. Um now, how did she die? Did they did she die I think she just died of giving old birth age. Or, oh really? Yeah, no, I okay. think uh I don't think I noted that down unfortunately. But yeah, I, from what I understand it, I don't think it's said that she died from birth. Which which is an interesting idea that she could give birth to a giant human slash giant. You see what I'm doing there? Uh, I don't know. The sizing doesn't add up, but yeah how how big was, how big was the with child the, with the yeah. with the baby being? Mm-hmm. And then you got to look at the. Hmm. The act itself. I mean, which one of these yeah. giants, you know, impregnated her? And so, if you're assuming that it was a fifth, one of the the large ones, the 15 foot tall, hairy creature. I mean, one can imagine the questions that come up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't. Yeah. So we know that she died. We don't know how she died, mm-hmm. if it was giving birth or whatever. But we do know she was pretty much insane for that whole period of time. Yes, yes. And how did they, how and why did they kill the five-year-old offspring? Did you, did you find out any information? I did not understand that? why they did. Um, I could imagine that it was some sort of uh, emotional or social scar on the family. Considering her brother did it, um, maybe some sort of that. I mean, I do not know any social context about the tribal people on the Solomon Islands or Guadalcanal specifically, but just judging from human instinct, um, a lot of the times if it's a social scar on the family, you know, there's that context. Yeah, yeah. Or who knows? Maybe maybe the child was mentally unstable because of the crossbreeding. I don't. That could also be a possibility. And it just wasn't worth. I know that sounds bad. But well, well, she was mentally unstable, so yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Again, that's all speculation. Speculation. Yeah. Again. Um, but going along with that, there are supposedly groups of people that have 
um, had giant children and they then breed with normal uh, human tribal individuals on the island and so you go you go from this half cast half human to then like a fourth human because obviously the familial lineage uh, a fourth and then an eighth supposedly there are like large humans that have giant DNA that are living on the island according to uh, Marius and what he has heard from so do these people live with the villagers or do they live with the the giants in the underground cave system no they live above ground they had they somehow they had been separated um, from these giants, and they just kept interbreeding with the normal population. So there's there's a mix going on. So the islanders aren't quote unquote pure. Not all, according to yeah. It seemed like it was very small groups. Okay. Again, there's not a lot. There's not a large population on the island to begin with, but. So did did you come across any stories about the uh, Guadalcanal, the Battle of Guadalcanal from forty two to forty three with the Japanese? Yeah, and, and having encounters with these these creatures. So this has been going on since we've known about them globally. Let's just say since nineteen forty two. Yeah. So what what kind of stories did did you hear about the Japanese? So I I heard that I heard this one theory that the Japanese um uh kind of well they encountered these beings but then they um didn't um put up the resistance initially for the allied landing um because they're uh either they were occupied or they just didn't think they had to do the work to defend because these giants were there. One of the things that, that I uh, ran across was that um, the Japanese soldiers had numerous encounters with these giants that were um, most oftentimes violent. Yeah. yeah. That, that they didn't have sophisticated weapons. They used a lot, a lot of times what they had was like, what just equates to a, a giant club that they were using as as weapons and they were really aggressive towards the Japanese soldiers and the Japanese soldiers would would shoot at them but apparently the bullets had very little to no effect and at night a lot of the uh the Japanese soldiers were were kept awake by the the wailing and grunting and carryings on of the of the giants and they they got very little sleep, no sleep yeah because they were afraid of of what might be coming at them in the dark, and it didn't say what I what I read didn't say you know when these battles took place it was daylight dark what what the context was it just says that you know they they had a lot of skirmishes and it didn't it, it gave no um, numbers there's I, I didn't get any you know did Japanese lose X number of men or did the giants lose X number of giants it just it just said they had a lot of battles and. Yeah. Bullets didn't really work. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, which is similar to what some Sasquatch encounters. The bullets just don't have any effect on, on the, on the beans. Um, what I was going to say is that I, and I think I'm going to text you this. I recently watched, um, a missing 411 documentary about, about, um, hunters and, um, it was hunt, hunters and hikers and what the deal was was that um well the missing 411 phenomena is people who vanish without a trace um multiple search parties are done um nothing's found or very few items of clothing are found very the dogs can't get any tracks anything like um the dogs can't get any uh scent tracks or anything and these people just sort of vanish out of nowhere um and David Politis is the name behind the missing 411 phenomenon. Yes, the missing 411, David Politis. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. And um, there's a part in this documentary, and it, uh, David Politis included it not because it has anything to do with the missing 411 phenomena, but the fact that it was a wild, documented encounter. Um, not visual, just audio, but the audio was recorded and analyzed by a professional. Um, but what happened was these, uh, there was this group of guys who they had this, um, uh, hunting camp, um, in California. They didn't give the location cause they didn't want any, um, they didn't want anybody knowing where it was, but these men encountered these, um, creatures that would come out at night and similar to what you just mentioned with the Japanese hearing like the whoops and hollerings and these creatures would, uh, they would just holler and it, there was some sort of communication, but it, it was, it was, it's one of the strangest things I've ever heard. And I encourage people to go watch this missing four on one hunters, um, documentary on, I watched it on Amazon, but I think you can get it on iTunes as well. Um, and it's towards the end. I think it's right before the last, uh, the last encounter. Um, but it is wild stuff. I've never, like I said, I've never heard anything like it, and these guys have never heard anything like it, um, and um, it was it was really weird, and being a little long-winded here, but the reason I'm mentioning this is because having heard those weird noises, it gives me just a little bit of nudge towards the idea that there are some sort of lost humanoids um that are living um or lost break off of some past ancestor that is living in some sort of cave systems or underground well you know that's uh, uh one of the theories of of Sas- the american yeah. sasquatch or yeti yep. uh is is that it's just a an offshoot of, you know, Homo sapiens went this way and whatever Sasquatches continued on, on this path. Mm -hmm. So you, the description of the Solomon Island giants and, and that similarity that you're talking about, I mean, you know, they're, they're there, but I mean, even though they're similar in appearance to a, a, a Sasquatch, you don't hear the same stuff like, you're hearing from the Solomon Islands where there's, I mean, Sasquatch, you know, there's, there's different colors and they're 
varying heights and stuff, but you don't hear as specific as what you hear about on the Solomon Islands. It's not like, you, you know, because the Solomon Islands are, whether the taller ones are look like this, and then you have the smaller ones that are man-sized, but they're more like a wild man. And then you have these people who eat people, and Sasquatch typically isn't known to be cannibalistic. But yet you have varying reports about how intelligent is Sasquatch. Some people think Sasquatch is intelligent and can communicate psychically, psychic, psychically. I can't even say that psychically. And some people think that Sasquatch is just like a big dumb animal. that's just walking around existing, but you don't hear about Sasquatch making lights and living in caves and stuff like that. So cousins, not yeah there's definitely you know, uh you know there's there's similarities and but big the different the similarities are there but the differences are are big yeah you know they're 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 an intelligent difference yep is what i can distinguish yeah yeah so um did did you run across any um stories from the the Japanese perspective that I didn't kind didn't touch on or no, I didn't didn't find any specifics about battles or anything. I didn't find any specifics either. It was just generalities. And that's another problem with, with looking this, this up is this, a lot of the stuff that we're finding here is speaks in generalities and which once again, you're looking at, I think mainly oral traditions and oral traditions do speak a lot in generalities. And I want to make a correction, by the way. I totally was not even close as to who came up with the idea for this. I said it was um, from Friday Boco PW, at, and it, 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 it was not. This was from a different person. Uh, the Friday person was the one who was suggesting the Mayans. Okay. The person who wanted us to talk about uh, the Solomon Island Giants was, and uh, of course I'm, I'm having to try to... Was it a female? I feel like it was a female. Kalia, K-A-A-L-A-E-A-1 dot K-K. So thank you, Kalia1, yeah. for, and it was not Mike. Sorry, Mike. And... I'm sorry for uh, giving Mike the wrong credit or and or insulting Kalia. So I just wanted to make that clarification. Yes, definitely a good clarification. Um, yeah, so those are really those are really the only um, solid stories that I got out from Marius's website. Again, I I didn't get the book. Just to clarify, we did not yeah, get the book. No, I did not get the book. But I want to talk about these freaking UFOs. Yeah, please. Man. So one of the things that this guy talks about being on the Solomon Islands is a UFO base. Um, now how this relates to the Solomon Island Giants, I have no clue whatsoever. <sighs> yeah. Um, but there is apparently a UFO base. There's more than one, but the main one is on, uh, Mount Dragon is there's a subterranean UFO base on Mount Dragon. And the entrance is, uh, actually underneath this, a, a waterfall lake. That's about 
2,500 feet high on the western side of a three-mile-long valley. And he says UFOs can be seen coming and going from this lake multiple time, multiple UFOs every night, all night long. And there have been, supposedly, these UFOs have been there for over a century, according to what he gathered from his sources on the island, and that the islanders call these things dragon snakes. And apparently NASA has been in contact with these aliens since 1961. And he goes on about how NASA has contacted these aliens and what for and all this other sorts of stuff. Um, Once again, this guy's name is Marios Borayu, Borayli? It was either uh, Borayan, Marius Borayan, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, his book is called Mysterious Solomon Islands. Um, Let's see. Yeah, and he talks about um, he talks about the the U.S., Australian, and British uh, governments or military um, having the ability, yeah, to like contact these UFOs, and uh, it's supposedly he, I think he states that NASA supposedly blackmailed these aliens, <laughs> which I think is pretty funny. Yes, yes. So some dude from NASA. Showed up on the islands, had the islanders take him to where the the area that the aliens were. Comes back like three weeks later, and had says, "Okay, well, he blackmailed these aliens into cooperating." But he does not the the now once again, this is stuff from his book. But I don't have the book, did not read the book. But but what I what I read offers no explanation for how this guy found the aliens how he blackmailed them or what he blackmailed them into doing was just said, oh, he blackmailed them. Well, Jesus Christ. Hey, I blackmailed Sasquatch to take my cousin, sister's brother's uncle's niece to the prom. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wrote it down, so it has to be true. And that's the tough part. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. So I'm not saying this, this, uh, uh, God, I'm going to try this. It's B O I A Y A N. Boyarayan. That's close. Boyarayan. Yeah. Pretty sure that's this close. Mario's Boyarayan. Yeah. I'm not saying this guy is crazy. Yeah. But this guy's crazy. <laughs> this guy's crazy. Um, it, 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 it would make it less crazy if yeah if there was some uh, some context. Or not contacts, but like like you you can't just say that NASA blackmailed aliens and then end there. Like, come I'm on, not follow First that of all, up. You can't do that, like as a claim. But for us trying to research, like we need to know what happened. I, you know, I need to try to reach out to this guy. Yeah, yeah. There's an email address. Yeah. And oh God, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yeah, there's an email address here, so I must Maybe. I must have that I must have that email address. I have to reach out to this guy and see if he wants to come on the, on the show. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, you you can't we can't now that we know about this and what his claims are. There's no way we can't reach out to this guy. Yeah, I mean, at, at least he will have some good stories. 
at the, at the very yeah. least. Yeah, and man, like yeah, maybe he can go into explanation or some more mm-hmm. info. Yeah. Maybe maybe so. Yeah. I, I I don't know. So <laughs> we are running out of time. Yeah, I hate okay. to have to cut this short, man. This is so bizarre. And like I said, it, it, it's one of the more bizarre things that I've ever looked at. I've been doing this show a long time and I've looked into a lot of bizarre stuff. This is like up there, like on the top 10, maybe top five. This is super bizarre. There's got to be more to the story and we're, we can't just leave it at this. We're going to have to investigate this further. So thank you. Um, what was her name? Kalika? Kalia? Yeah. Kalia for, um, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name, but that's a, once again, we just have to go with it. Thank you for um, bringing this to our attention and, and having us uh, uh, do this as a, as a topic for the show. And thank you, Eric, for taking the lead on this and looking into this. Yeah, and, man. And, man, it was, Love it was it. Freaking, freaking amazing. So um, I'm going to have to reach out to the guy and see if I can't get him to be on the show. I will keep everybody updated. Yeah, yeah for sure. And if you've got his email I I want it. Yep, I will so share it. Make with sure you. make sure you do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Wow. So that about does it for uh for tonight's episode. I certainly hope that you enjoyed this bizarreness that happened tonight. Let me know what you thought about it. Send an email to sandman at parareality.com. Um speaking of parareality.com, please head on over to the website there and uh check it out. That's where you can find out find out all kinds of information about the show. You can listen to uh current episodes and if you click on the archives page you can listen to a ton of uh, past show archives and uh, if you click on the extras tab there it'll take you to an area where you can join the forum shop in this in the in the periality radio store and and uh, watch some stupid videos and stuff like that and kind of uh have some fun there on periality.com and and there's also a section that's uh has the latest paranormal news from around the globe that's updated just about every day or every other day so if you're a paranormal news junkie or a weird news junkie um that is your great source for your your fix it has everything from aliens and ufos ghosts cryptozoology weird stuff ancient astronauts all that stuff's right there on the news section so head on over to parareality.com and Click on the news and make sure you follow Parareality Radio on Facebook and Twitter. My Twitter account is at Parareal Radio. Eric, for his podcast with World We Live In Podcast, is World We Live Pod. World We Live Pod, yep. On Twitter. Uh, do you have a Facebook page? I have an email address. We uh, email World address. We Live In Podcast at gmail.com. Okay. Yes. World We Live In Podcast at gmail.com. Um, so those are all the different ways you can get in touch with us here on Parareality Radio and World We Live In Podcast. And if you uh, like this show, I suggest that you uh, tune in to World We Live In Podcast with Eric. He can be found uh, at most of your usual streaming platforms, uh, but specifically on Podbean. Podbean, yeah. Podbean and uh, Apple Podcasts. Probably do you have uh, another episode that's coming up here soon? Yes, or? I'm going to do one uh, next week. Yep, sweet. Just did so I did the one on the um, on the weird uh, happenings in the Middle East, and then I just did one. Uh, one of my best friends just moved to Boise, Idaho, so I did a whole episode about like not strange Boise, but just like what Boise has that you would never think they do. Yeah, so 
right, I'm gonna have to check that one yeah, out it's, too. It's, so it's yeah. uh it's interesting, just period. Yeah. I almost moved to Boise at one point. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. I'll have to tell you yeah. the story. Yeah. <laughs> so uh speaking of podcasts and stuff, you can now listen to Parareality Radio on a variety of different websites and streaming platforms. Of course, you can hear it right here on Spreaker or on Parareality.com, but you can also listen to it on Facebook. You can do uh, YouTube. My YouTube account is uh, Parareality1, the number one. Um, If you want to stream the show, you can do it from Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Spotify, um, all your usual streaming platforms. Haven't got on Apple yet. I'm having problems with my Apple account. I think I'm going to have to create a new one. It's a long story. So, yeah. So, uh, anyway, I keep saying, you know, Apple's coming soon. Apple's still coming soon. So, just, just hang in there. Maybe next year. Who knows? But any 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 other platform but Apple, you can listen to me there. Also, if you got one of those smart speakers, you can enable any of those aforementioned, except for Apple, those uh, skills, and just say, hey, play Parareality Radio, and uh, they'll do it. So uh, that about does it. Running out of time. Uh, next show is going to be on Friday, December 6th, 2019. That will be at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, same time as always. And that will be the first Friday of December. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. Everybody, I hope that this radio program opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, You must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I'm Sandman. Eric. We'll see you next time right here on Parareality Radio. Make sure you check World We Live In podcast over on Podbean or at Apple Podcast or all your other streaming platforms. World We Live Pod on Twitter or World We Live In podcast at gmail.com and you can always get in touch with me sandman at parareality or follow me on parareal radio on twitter well that about does it for this episode parareality radio i hope you guys enjoyed this bizarreness and we're definitely going to be followed up following up on this and uh hope you have a great friday evening a great weekend and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks or Maybe even sooner than that. Who knows? Take care, everybody. Good night. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.